Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, the story of the resurrection. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. I wonder how you're going to celebrate Easter Day today, whether you, um, I don't know, are going to go for a run, whether you're going to have a family lunch. Everyone's laughing when I said go for a run. Okay. Um, you're going to have a family lunch, or I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, I have my elder sister coming for lunch, Sarah. She was bossy when we were growing up. She used to make me do all the washing up. Um, and her husband, Ian, I've got my mother-in-law, my stepfather-in-law. We're going to have a sort of lunch. We might go for a walk or something. I don't know. We'll play it by ear. This morning, I want to think about how we can celebrate Easter well. And I've got four suggestions. My first is this. I suggest if you're going to celebrate Easter Day well, you've got to feel really freaked out. You've got to feel really freaked out. The words we just had read are quite extraordinary. You know, we sort of listen to them, oh man, great. But actually, the resurrection is extraordinary. And often I want to suggest this morning our familiarity with the story, yeah, Jesus rose from death back to life, yeah, yeah, is utterly extraordinary. It's actually very, very freaky. I remember the first time I heard about the resurrection. It was 1992. I was friends with a woman I'd met at law school over in Artington. We were having lunch together. She was a Christian. I wasn't a Christian. And she was talking about her relationship with Jesus over, um, I don't know, uh, chicken and chips or something. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is so weird what you believe. And she was going on and on. And I said, look, Amanda, it's ridiculous. You're freaking me out. You can't have a relationship with Jesus. He's dead. He died thousands of years ago. It's just weird what you believe. And she said, no, Mike, Mike, but Jesus has risen from death back to life. And he's alive today. 
And I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, get me out of here. That is the weirdest, freakiest thing I have ever, ever heard. Have you lost sight of the weirdness of what we believe in the church? And uh, I remember feeling actually quite frightened by this woman, Amanda. You really believe that? That's just so strange. The resurrection is a strange belief. It doesn't fit our Western secular mindset. It's not a normal belief, is it? It's quite a weird belief. And uh, I remember feeling frightened. And it's clear that the people who, uh, the first disciples who came and witnessed the resurrection and the first people to turn up at the tomb, they were absolutely terrified. Verses 1 to 3, we've heard. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, that's the, she was the wife of Clopas. She's the sister of the mother of Jesus. That's the other Mary. They went to the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Now, have you ever been in an earthquake? Uh, I've been in small earthquakes in New Zealand. It wasn't violent, and, and they are terrifying. They're, they're, you know, when it's absolutely terrifying. And uh, an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. Everyone was terrified. The guards were terrified, verse 4. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. I remember speaking to some people in Rwanda. They found themselves in a very dangerous situation. They pretended to be dead. The women are terrified, verse 5, but the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. (laughs) Don't don't worry, don't be terrified. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here for he's been raised. As he said, come see the place where he lay. There he was, he's no longer there. They're utterly relieved when the angel tells them to go and speak to other disciples. It means they can get out of there, verse uh, uh, seven and eight, they then go quickly, tell his disciples he's been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you'll see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear. They scarpered. I don't want to be here. It's too much. It's freaky. It's weird. Now, fast forward two years from that lunch uh, with this girl in the law school. Um, I'd actually become a Christian <laughs> through her and just hearing about her faith. And uh, I was in a church just like this. I was sitting at the back. I was looking at the front of the church. It was during a time of um, worship. And you never guess what I saw. Three angels at the front of the church. And I was absolutely terrified. I thought I was going mad. I thought it was maybe, maybe I'm having a mental breakdown or something. Maybe this has just been too much. And it was very, very terrifying. So I can relate to these women at the tomb. And I went up to my church leader at the end of the service. I said, look, John, I know this sounds really strange. I think I'm probably going mad. But there were, I saw three angels at the front of the church on the right-hand side. And he just started smiling. I said, actually, it's not funny. I feel terrified. He said, no, I'm smiling because you're the fourth person who's told me that this morning, who's come up and said they saw them. 
He said, you should go and speak to Nigel. Now, Nigel was over here. He was a QC in his 50s, out of temple. Uh, the legal 500 put him at the top of his game in uh, the reinsurance pensions law. He was one of the brightest people I've met, this big QC, the poshest person I've ever met as well. So I went over to him. I'd had a couple of chats with him. I'd been in the church about two months. I said, hi, Nigel. I went, hey, good morning, Michael. How are you? And I said, I feel a bit freaked out, Nigel, because, um, well, John told me to speak to you because apparently you'd seen, seen the angels. <laughs> he said, oh, yes. I had marvelous, weren't they? Three of them, weren't they? And we had a little chat. And he said, excuse me, I've got to just go to Claridge's. I'm taking my mum out for her 80th birthday lunch. And off he went. The thing is, if you said to me, do you want to see angels? I'd say, not really. It was just quite terrifying. And I spent the rest of the day in my little flat in Battersea, just shrugging my shoulders, shaking my head, like a madman. So what I want to suggest this morning is if we're going to... Celebrate Easter well. We mustn't do this sort of familiar thing. Oh, yeah, the resurrection. Let's have an egg. Let's go for a walk on the downs. Have you lost sight of the weirdness and wonder of what it is we believe? Now, secondly, I want to suggest, if we're going to celebrate Easter well, we need to feel joyful. Now, is this glass half full or half empty? Who, hands up if you think it's half full. Hands up if you think it's half empty. Good on you, Gus. I'm with you, man. I think it's half empty. Uh, I'm a bit like that. Bex often says to me, Mike, you, see the, you, you just don't even see the donut. You see the hole, you know. <laughs> but it's easy, isn't it, to feel a bit negative um, and get a bit sort of stuck. We can be joyful today. And uh, we can be joyful because the resurrection means that we're people of hope. Even if we're in difficult circumstances, a number of people, if we just prayed for, uh, Norman's just prayed for a whole number of people in quite difficult circumstances in the church. I suggest uh, they can be uh, joyful because we can have hope. And the women at the tomb were terrified. I don't know whether you've ever felt terrified in your life. They were terrified, but verse 8, they left the tomb quickly with fear, but also with great joy, with great joy. And I don't think they were like high-fiving each other, you're Mary, you're Mary, darling. I think they were just, oh my gosh, this is, it's happened. It's true. Oh my goodness. Everything's changed. Jesus spoke about this. But then we've been absolutely grief-stricken because he's been crucified. But he's alive again. It's true. And because the resurrection is true, he's actually who he said he was. He could lead them into life and life to the full. He can lead us into eternal life when we're in relationship with him. Why? Because he's defeated death. Isn't that amazing that we 
have this extraordinary hope that God has given us. He's defeated death. And we can be joyful because uh, when we encounter the risen Jesus, our future changes. And you see this in Mary Magdalene. You know, she was this crazy woman. She had uh, seven demons cast out of her by Jesus, came to faith. I don't often tell people this. When I came to faith, I had three demons cast out of me. They were plaguing my life. I kept them quiet while I couldn't keep them quiet. I didn't really tell many people. But I was delivered through the power of Jesus. And my future is completely different. And the Bible says the resurrection power that raised Jesus from death back to life is at work in your life and my life. The same power. And so as Christians, we actually access through the risen Christ his transformation. The dead parts of us, those hopeless parts of us, can become alive again. And he's working this transformation out. It's an extraordinary thing he's done. He's opened up a whole new dimension uh, of reality. And you might say, well, you know what? Um, You know, Mike, that's fine. But I've got some really deep challenges, really difficult stuff going on. Actually, he's going to turn all things around, even if we're not fully healed, fully whole at this point in time. His kingdom is broken in, and he's going to turn everything around when he returns again. I don't know whether you've heard of Clement of Alexandria. He was this, he's categorized as a church father. He was alive, his life straddled the second and third centuries. He was very into um, Plato, Socrates. Then he came to faith and uh, had this dramatic conversion. And He made this comment, I love this comment. He said, Christ has turned all our sunsets into dawns. Have you got parts of your life that you feel the sun is setting, the light's dimming, you're losing hope, you've got circumstances where you think, because of the resurrection, Jesus is gonna turn those around one day and you're gonna have dawns, not sunsets. Do you ever feel your best years are behind you? I was 48 a few weeks ago, I texted a friend, I think I'm, I think I'm through, I think I'm done. The best is in the past. He replied, don't be stupid. But all those things I struggle with, all those things you struggle with, as you, uh, even as you approach death, I've been walking with some people who've been approaching death recently. Christ turns our sunset into dawn. Such is the power of the resurrection and what he's called us to. And it's not just for the women at the tomb. It's not just for us personally. It's for the world too. Because Jesus is redeeming the whole world. You know, we're not always going to live in a world where crazy people think, It's fine just to plough people down on pavements outside Westminster. We're not always going to live in a world where people just run up to policemen and stab them and kill them. Or where people traffic young people, young men and women. Or where um, it's 
We have these Moabs, mother of all bombs, being dropped. God is going to turn the whole thing around in Jesus and redeem the whole world. And this is what we believe. This is, why, why is this possible? Because of the resurrection. If you can defeat death, you can defeat anything. What's the worst thing? It's death. You can turn that around. You can turn anything else around. And so I like what Julian of Norwich said. She was a Christian mystic. Uh, She's a woman, uh, Julian. (laughs) I like her name. Maybe it's Julian. Um, She said this, and all will be well. And all will be well. And all manner of things will be well. So let's be joyful. Thirdly, let's encounter the risen Jesus. Easter Day is all about encountering the risen Jesus. And you see, Jesus drew near to the disciples, verse 9. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Oh, you're a real disappointment to me. Oh, your life's a mess. I don't really want to talk to you horrible people. I'm too busy. I'm too holy. Oh, my goodness. I want to ruin your life. No, he said, Hello. So good to see you. Greetings. Hands up if you've ever encountered the risen Jesus. That's all of us, pretty much. So it's true, isn't it, this resurrection? I went from eating chicken and chips with Amanda, thinking, oh my gosh, what does she believe, to actually encountering the risen Jesus myself. And it's just overwhelming. It's hard. You can't really put it into words, can you? Language fails to describe the reality and the life and the transformation that the risen Jesus brings. You just can't explain it. You can't, it's priceless, you can't value it. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus says. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they will eat with me. Jesus, the risen Jesus, longs for relationship and companionship and communion. And if you're sitting here this morning and you feel you're not really a Christian or you'd like to encounter the risen Jesus, just know that he's wanting to draw near to you. Just know that he's wanting to fill your life with his presence and his love and his restoration and his truth and his grace. And open your life to him. He's knocking on the door of your life. When we encounter Jesus, invariably we worship. This is what we're doing today, isn't it? Verse 9, they came to him, they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. This is what it's about, isn't it? Don't you think? Face down. So, let me try and remember what I've suggested we do today. We've, got, we've done three. I've got one more. You, can you wait? Are you excited for the fourth? The first was, let's be freaked out, a little bit terrified today. Let's feel joyful and hopeful. Thirdly, let's go for encountering the risen Jesus and fall at his feet. And fourthly, let's tell other people about Jesus.
verse 10. That's what the disciples did when they'd encountered him. Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. <laughs> go and tell my brothers to go to Gal- Galilee. There you'll see me. You know, tell people about me. I heard a radio interview uh, on Radio 4, and I was listening. It was Nick Robinson and uh, John Humphreys. They had Matthew Paris on. I quite like his articles in the Times. He's obviously not a Christian. Anne Widdicombe was on, who is a Christian. They were talking about the faith of prime ministers and people in the public sphere. And uh, Matthew Paris was basically saying, you know, um, Lots of people don't speak about their faith because in England it's a bit vulgar. It's sort of, it's not the done thing uh, to do. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know whether you saw um, Michael Gove's article in the Times as well on the Church of England. Still, still small voice of calm. He said, what's, he, was ama- he said the, ch- the Anglican Church is amazing. The Church of England's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Of course, I don't go myself. Um, but he said, um, he said, what's brilliant about the Anglican Church is that enthusiasm is an anathema. And it's great. We're not very enthusiastic. We don't speak about our faith. Isn't that wonderful? Because it's a bit distasteful, a bit vulgar. And we have to be careful. I think uh, Easter Sunday just reminds us not to become pious and silent, but actually holy and vocal. I'll end with a story. I'm in New Zealand. I've just done this little thing. A man in his uh, late 60s says he wants to come to faith. We have a pray. He comes to faith. And then he's, he's just burst out crying. And I said, are you okay? He said, I can't believe it. I said, what can't you believe? I cannot believe no one's told me about this before. So he said, I'm in my late 60s. I've got lots of Christian friends. They've never, ever told me about Jesus and the resurrection. I've wasted so many years. So yeah, let's be freaked out, let's be joyful, let's do the encounter, but let's be vocal. Let's not be pious and silent people. It's easy, isn't it, to go into the Christian bubble and be a bit pious (laughs) and silent. Holy people are vocal, and we speak of Christ, the risen Lord. Why? We can't help but spread the message. Is it because we ought to, oh, we've got to speak about Jesus? Oh, that's what the Great Commission says. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, gosh, they're talking about evangelism again. You've got to share the good news. You've got to share the good news. People's lives depend on it. Future, eternity, transformation. That's what the resurrection is about. Amen. So we're going to stand. We're going to offer each other a sign of peace before we take communion. Are you ready? Should we do it? 
Let's stand. I'm going to say the peace of Christ be always with you. And you can say and also with you, which feels it's, you know, anyway, let's just say that. So are you ready? The peace of Christ be always with you. Let's offer each other a sign of peace. You might want to wish each other a happy Easter.